Hi everyone, it's December 14th, even if it doesn't really feel like it outside, and you're listening to another episode of In the Know, the Coloradoans' weekly news podcast. I'm your host this week, public safety and accountability reporter Seja Hindi. We have a lot of great coverage planned for the end of this year, so be sure to check coloradoan.com regularly. For now, we'll start with our first segment, the Coloradoans' top five most talked about and read stories of the week. Our most engaging story last week was one about some departures from the Colorado State University football team. Kevin Lytle wrote about CSU offensive coordinator Will Friend leaving for Tennessee to join the staff of new coach Jeremy Pruitt. CSU cornerbacks coach Terry Fair is also leaving to join Pruitt's staff in Tennessee. Another popular one for our readers was a story by Jacob Laxon on 1501 Resto Bar's liquor license suspension after a police sting last week. Police had responded to the bar several times in October and November, sometimes undercover, and an affidavit filed by a Fort Collins police services officer stated that it seemed minors would frequent the bar because it's common knowledge that they would be allowed to get alcoholic beverages. Reporter Nick Coltrane, who recently started covering the Fort Collins City Council, brought readers a story about the city's broadband vote and how more than $900,000 was spent on fighting the issue, which voters still passed in November. The Colorado Cable Telecommunications Association spent $816,000 to try to defeat the initiative that would clear the path for the city to establish a broadband network. Another $85,000 was spent by an anti-broadband group called Priorities First Fort Collins from the Fort Collins Area Chamber of Commerce affiliated group Citizens for a Sustainable Economy. The pro-broadband group, Fort Collins Citizen Broadband Committee, raised and spent just over $15,000. A story by Alicia Stice on an anonymous donor buying out the toy section of the Goodwill on Pavilion Lane in Fort Collins was another popular one. One Fort Collins man has been covering the cost of every toy in the store during the season for nearly a decade, and this year he recruited help from local Fort Collins businesses including Aspen Speech Therapy and Cosner Financial Group. And finally, we had another engaging story this week by business and growth reporter Pat Ferrier on influenza showing up in Larimer County earlier than usual this season, with numbers continuing to climb. As of December 2nd, 325 patients had been hospitalized for influenza in the state this season, compared with 62 last year. Doctors continue to urge people to get vaccinated to protect themselves and others. You can find all of these stories and more on our website, coloradoan.com. And now for our next segment, where we take one of our most engaging stories and talk to the reporter who wrote the story to get more of an inside look at the process. We're going to do something a little different this week. We're not discussing a story from the list we gave you, rather a story about an issue that on a national scale has been in the new spotlight recently, sexual harassment and misconduct. The Coloradoan story is one that posted online yesterday and is about allegations brought against scene magazine publisher Michael Mokler. Reporter and In the Know host Erin Udell has been working on the story for almost a month before publishing, and she's going to join us to tell you a little bit about why and what she did to report the story fairly and accurately. So Erin, thanks for joining us today and giving us some insight on a story that you've been working on for a while now. Tell us a little bit about how this all started. Yeah, so like Seja said, uh, my name's Erin. You probably recognize my voice from other In the Know episodes, Um, but for uh, the past almost month, I've been working on on a specific story um, that kind of touched the arts and entertainment community here in Fort Collins. Um, So it started uh, on November 13th. A local comedian posted a Facebook status um, alleging 
sexual misconduct, inappropriate behavior on the part of a local magazine publisher, Michael Mogler. He's the longtime publisher of Scene Magazine, uh, which covers arts and culture and entertainment in northern Colorado. Um, and then, uh, kind of as I say in my story, the, f- the Facebook floodgates kind of opened and um, dozens of people commented on the status and shared it. And that's how you found out about it? Um, so yeah, I, I, I was alerted to the Facebook status and I, I, we kind of, I talked to my editors about it and, and so I started following it, um, and reading, reading the, uh, stories and experiences and, and allegations, uh, that people, uh, wrote in the comments, um, so far those allegations are, are unsubstantiated. Um, so it, like I said, it started a month ago, and I've, I've kind of been reporting on it and working on it, uh, slowly chipping, o- chipping away on it ever since. So one of the things that you heard from people is that we waited too long on the story, but we actually waited for some specific reasons and to make sure information we had we could verify. Tell us a little bit about that decision-making process. Like I said, when I, when I saw the original post on Facebook, I immediately took it to my editors, and so we started talking about it. Um, that day and and the subsequent the following days and and we kind of made a decision where we were only I was going to continue to report this report on the story and and um, investigate it and work on it but we were only going to publish it if we could get one of two things so one would be um, someone came to us with an allegation um, ideally more than one person came to us with, with an allegation that they were willing to go on the record with, meaning they were willing to have their name attached to it in the paper. Um, and of course, we would have gone through all of our processes of um, verifying that, verifying those claims and, and looking into them. Um, but that didn't happen in this case. So I talked to um, several people and no one um, was ready to go on the record with us. Um, the second option that we had and the, the only other way that we were going to publish a story was if Michael Mokler had a chance himself to respond and address these allegations that, that he was facing on social media. So that's what ended up happening. Um, and on Friday, I uh, did an interview with him over the phone um, and, and he had, had an option or he had the chance to address those allegations. Um, you know, we as journalists, Seja, we uh, you probably know this saying too, but it's better to get it right than get it first. And um, and there was that um, I think perception that I that we weren't doing anything, but um, but I was you know behind the scenes working on this story and reaching out to people, and um, we wanted to give this story some time. This is a really uh, big story with serious. Um, allegations and, po- and potentially serious implications. So we wanted to make sure that we were giving it the time it needed, um, that we were giving people uh, time to come forward, that we weren't rushing anything, um, and that we we wanted to wait to see if, if uh, Michael Mokler would, would talk to us, which he ended up doing. It was really important for us to uh, be able to present Coloradoan readers with uh, something that was well-reported, that was well-researched, and uh, that was fair and accurate and balanced. And that's, uh, that's what we did. Absolutely. Like you said, in situations such as this one, we want to make sure we can stand by our reporting and can present a fair story to readers. 
So just to clarify one point briefly that you brought up, you said the claims are unsubstantiated. What do you mean by that? So that means uh, so far, you know, there's a lot of allegations uh, going around on social media, um, and I reached out to several um, people that wrote those, um, but no one has been willing to go on the record. Um, we've checked in with uh, Fort Collins police. There's no ongoing investigations into Mokler. We looked into his background. There's no, um, no, there are no past charges or civil suits against him relating to sexual misconduct. Um, and so by um, people remaining anonymous, which I, I totally understand, um, it we weren't able to substantiate um, a lot of those allegations, any of those allegations that, that have been on social media. And this is a topic that's gained a lot of attention nationally, not related to Mokler, but to other well-known figures. Why did you think it was important to bring readers this story? So that's funny you mentioned that because the original post that kind of kicked all this off, actually, um, the comedian that, that wrote it, he wrote, you know, in light of everything going on in Hollywood, um, he was probably referring to like Harvey Weinstein, you know, Matt Lauer just lost his job over allegations of sexual misconduct. Um, so yeah, that's been a big issue in the news lately. And that was the reason, at least in his post, he says that he brought this up. Um, and then, you know, kind of just like I said open the floodgates he he asked people to share other stories or share their stories if they had any and and like I said a lot of people um did and so so yeah issues of um sexual misconduct assault harassment um that's definitely been the news that's definitely been on the mind of minds of people across the country so of course it would make sense that it would likely be on the minds of of our readers here at home so of course if if uh, there's something going on like that here, they'd probably uh, want to know. Well, thanks so much, Erin, for sharing that insight and background on all the work that went into the story. All of us at the Colorado want to be able to tell people's stories, but also be sure we can provide accurate and fair portrayals. And so we really appreciate what you did here for our readers. Uh, thank you for having me on. Again, that was Erin Udell on her story about sexual misconduct allegations against scene publisher Michael Mokler. This is an issue we'll continue to follow, so if you have a tip, feel free to reach out to us. In the coming weeks, I'll be working on a story about sexual assaults in northern Colorado. If you'd like to share a story, feel free to email me at shindi, H-I-N-D-I, at coloradoan.com. Before we leave you until next week's episode, here's a look at some of what's coming up in the Coloradoan next week. I'll be bringing you a story about what Poudre Fire Authority has implemented in recent years to reduce cancer risks in firefighters and state legislation aimed at helping firefighters who are diagnosed with cancer. Reporter Pat Ferrier will be bringing you a story about the Windsor Mill and its impact on downtown Windsor. She'll also have a story on the Poudre School District's contract to purchase land in Wellington for about twice as much as what the property appraised for. Erin Udell is working on a story about entertainment offerings at the Elizabeth. And another reporter will be filling in for Jacob Blackson to provide you with an update on the Resto Bar's hearing next week that will determine whether it will lose its liquor license completely. Keep an eye out for these stories and much more on our website, coloradoan.com, or on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of In the Know. Don't forget to tell your friends and family they can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or on our website. 